Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app. And we are, I don't know if we're the number one rated sports betting show, NFL betting show, but I don't know any that's better. It is absolutely so much fun every week. Once a week, 30 minutes or less, give you all of our bets in the NFL for the week. We get into all kinds of fun stuff in the offseason with guests and their ideas and NFL futures and who they like and NFL draft bets. We do touch on March Madness and horse racing. We get into everything in the offseason, uh, but we flourish during the season. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL on social media, former NFL offensive lineman, bunch of media gigs now. At Ross Tucker Pod is where you can find all the different shows. Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, College Draft Podcast, and of course, Andrew Brandt's terrific Business of Sports podcast. The star of this show, Steve Fezzik. I know a lot of people watching the show, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. They're going to be intrigued by Steve's jersey selection today. Check out Steve, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling, the Super Contest at the Westgate on social media at Fezzik Sports. I must admit, though, Steve, I'm a little bit confused. Tell me about the Rams jersey today. I thought you grew up in Dayton. Were you not a Bengals fan growing up? Absolutely. Bob Trumpy, Isaac Curtis, Kenny Anderson, big Pete Johnson. I was a big Bengal fan in the 70s. Now I'm a fan of whoever I've got money on, Ross. What about 80s? Were you still a Bengals fan in the 80s like uh... – Boomer and Icky Woods? Oh, sure. And, you know, the, um, you know, Chris Collinsworth and all, all the way until, you know, pretty much until I started betting sports for a living in 90, really like 93, I started doing it part time. And then 2000, I was doing it full time. Somewhere in that corridor, my love for any team dissipated and went away completely. So do you miss that at all? No, so I'm a mercenary. This is all I, I'm. I'm the guy that I don't understand who like 
Actually, I do like football. I would watch football if I hadn't bet on it. But I got to tell you, I don't think I'd ever watch an NBA game, ever, if I didn't have a bet on it. You need free tickets? Eh, eh, I'll go see a movie. Huh. Interesting. You think you like, so you like movies more than sports? If it's a good movie, if it's something like Kingpin or Fast Times at Ridgemont High, absolutely. <laughs> Kingpin is, I'm so glad you said that. That is one of my favorite movies ever. I would love to watch Kingpin again. I can't remember that the last time I watched the movie, period. But to go back and watch, oh, Kingpin <laughs> It's so good. Oh, that makes me happy, Steve. I need you I more than ever now, Sweetness. Like that. I need you. What's that? When Bill Murray says, I need you more than ever now, Sweetness, to his bowling ball. Oh, there's so many. I mean, Bill Murray, when he signed autographs in the lobby and he's like, room 1218. Like, he's giving out his room number. I mean, it's it is... Everything about that movie is incredible. Gosh, I didn't even know we were going to get on that subject. So I, I, I am serious, though, Steve. Like, there's 0% of you, 0% that wishes you could just watch a game and just root for a team and enjoy it? Or do you feel like you actually get to kind of root for more teams because you got bets on all these different games? I wouldn't really call it rooting. <laughs> It's kind of like you're rooting when you when when you pull up your stock portfolio at the end of the year and you want your Bitcoin to go up. Are you a fan of Bitcoin? Are you rooting for them? Mm, it's more like you're investing in them. Got it. Okay. Interesting. Well, uh, there's a lot to get to today. We're going to give some of our early thoughts on the Super Bowl. We're going to recap the conference championship games. And we're going to have Steve Fezzik, the great Steve Fezzik, map out what we need to know, what we should be aware of from the standpoint of betting on the Super Bowl, the timeline, time horizon, if you will, which will be good. We will start, though, with a recap of the conference championship games We'll start with the Bengals and the Chiefs, Steve. By the way, for the week, I was up one unit. Steve was up two units. We had one best bet. It was the Niners getting the three and a half, which we nailed. That was two units for Steve, two units for me. It was a best bet. For the season, Steve's back up to plus 61. I'm up to plus six. And our best bets... 36, 18, and 1, a 65% clip, Steve. Again, with the best bets. Pretty awesome. Uh, we shall start, though, with the Bengals and the Chiefs. Chiefs were laying seven. I didn't feel great about the number, but I laid one unit with the Chiefs. And being on the sideline, Steve, when it was 21 3. I was feeling pretty darn good about it. It just looked like the Bengals were overmatched. You know, it's like they had gotten this far and had a good year. And then Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid totally butchered the last play of the first half. And I am convinced, Steve, as a guy that was on the sideline, I am convinced that that's what changed the whole game. I do believe in momentum. 
I do believe that gave the Bengals momentum. And I think somewhere deep down in places he doesn't want to admit, Patrick Mahomes realized he damaged the confidence and the trust that Andy Reid had in him a little bit. I think Mahomes knows and knew how big of a screw-up that was throwing the ball to Tyreek Hill at you know at the end of the half. And I think it affected him mentally. That's my story, Steve. I'm sticking with it. Yeah, the, the, the decision to go for it was absolutely proper. Think about it. You got the Bengals on the money line or on the spread. They're down 11. Five seconds left. You're like, please, God, kick the field goal. I'm about to get buried here. I'm dead if they go up 18. And curious play call. You know what the time, the perfect play call there was? Have Mahomes fake the quarterback draw and then jump up and throw the, the, you know, the jump pass. And if it's not wide open, just zing it out of the end zone. I get it. It's close. You got to get that play done in four seconds. So it's got to be super, super fast. But, you know, throwing an out pattern to Tyreek, that's not super fast. It's going to take five seconds for that play to develop. If he's not wide open, just spike it at his feet. Alternatively, if you're going to only have one play, just run the ball up the middle on a quarterback draw and score. I just don't understand the um, the play call. It was atrocious. And it's on the OC. It's on the head coach. It's on the quarterback, all three. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about this on some of the other shows, but Andy Reid wanted to kick the field goal with five seconds left, Steve, because I know people that were on the sideline. I was on the Bengals sideline, but people on the Chiefs sideline, he wanted to kick the field goal. But Mahomes begged him for one more play. And I think Reid assumed – that Mahomes knew the situation, but you can't. You got to say, hey, one more play, but you throw it in the end zone in the first two seconds or you throw it out of the back of the end zone. And evidently he didn't know the deal. Mahomes – now, I didn't see this, but somebody said Mahomes tried to call timeout as Tyreek Hill was getting tackled, which I hadn't seen. That's not a good look. No. And then, Steve, same guy – how about the last play of regulation where they got a chip shot field goal to go to overtime? He gets tackled. He loses like 20 yards and fumbles the ball. You know, if the offensive lineman, Joe Tooney, doesn't jump on the ball, the Bengals win the game on Mahomes fumbling the last play. I mean, he already got some criticism. It would have been a lot more if the Bengals won in a regulation jumping on the ball. Yet another example of your O-lineman being underappreciated and the quarterback getting all the accolades, Ross. He really saved the game there. But that's two examples, Steve, of really questionable football intelligence, football IQ from Mahomes. I mean, there, there's no way. And then in overtime, I mean, the loudest that stadium was the whole second half was when they did the coin toss. And those people just went crazy when they won it. And then Mahomes, all three of his passes in overtime were terrible and could have been intercepted. All three of them. You know, I want to talk about this because I get it. The Bengals made the defensive adjustments, accolades to them, and they did really well. But, you know, the media is – I hate the pass-posting media. If Kansas City just came down to score a touchdown, what would we be hearing from everyone? Oh, we all knew Kansas City was going to win the second they won the coin toss. This game was over. It was obvious except when it's not obvious and it doesn't play out that way. Um, They do need to change, obviously change the overtime rules just because Kansas city lost this game does not mean it's, it's a fair system. Uh, You need to have a a system where neither team has an advantage 
from the coin toss going forward. Then we've got the NFC Championship where you and I both got the three and a half points with the Niners and really liked that. The Rams were down 17-7. And I was really happy when they kicked the field goal to make it 17-17 and knew this is probably going to end 20-17 one way or the other. Rams win by three. You and I win by half a point. I'm not that surprised the Rams won. I guess I am surprised, Steve, that they came back from down 17-7. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, it was it was a strange game. It seemed like both teams were tight trying to give it away. You know, someone once asked me, what's my favorite number? Without thinking, I responded three and a half. Because plus three and a half, Ross, that hook in a close game is worth so much. And we saw it again in this game. Absolutely awesome. Um, all right. So here's the deal, by the way, Steve. Before we get to the summary, the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a goat on the field. He's a goat when it comes to investing, too. Interesting, by the way, as it relates to today and the news. He invests in stocks, crypto, and even art. Now, you can invest like the goat with Masterworks. Masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares representing an investment in art from icons like Picasso, Monet, Warhol, even greater. Art prices outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% from 1992 to 2021. In fact, early investors already received over 30% IRR 2020 and 2021 from the sale of two paintings. This is your opportunity to join 300,000 other members and invest like the GOAT. Get priority access with their game day promo. Just go to masterworks.art slash money. That's masterworks.art slash money. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. Interesting. So to summarize, Steve, again, you're up 61 units going into the last game. I'm up six units, 36, 18, and one on our best bets. Pretty incredible. Before we get to anything Super Bowl related, I guess that's that's the general question, Steve. Timeline wise, you know, what what do people need to know about betting the Super Bowl? and when they should do it. How the pros do it, Ross, is they're there at open. Whenever a new book puts up their props, it's time to pounce. It's time to bet mistakes. It's time to get at stuff as quickly as possible. The goal being you want to bet something that will never be seen again. Um, example, this is documented in his most recent book by Chris Andrews at the South Point. He talks about... Super Bowl props he messed up last year. One of them was, will Tampa Bay's first touchdown be a rushing or a receiving touchdown? Receiving should have been a big favorite. The South Point in their wisdom made the game pick. Whoever was there first got it. Um, another one they had, will there be a defensive or special teams touchdown? The no is always a major favorite there around minus 250. They made the yes, the minus 250 favorite. 
I got to tell you, a lot. There's a lot of guys that can't name a player that come out of the rafters just to bet mistakes when it comes time to Super Bowl props and even some of the cross sport props where they'll find a mistake in a soccer valuation versus an NFL player or a golfer or something along those lines. How do the books make these mistakes? Like, how do they not have the same thing as the year before? It's because you can misenter it, you know, just, just a numerical error when you're, when you're actually physically punching it in and it's not their money. It's Michael Gunn's money. It's some other guy's money. If it was your money, Ross, and my money, we would never, ever make a mistake. You as the head of the sports book wouldn't make the mistake. You'd catch it. And I, as your lieutenant, would catch it as well. But it's amazing. And how often do we see this in, in corporate America? When it's not your money, all of a sudden you see memos and the like that go out that clearly the person's just an autopilot doing their job, typing the numbers without thinking at all. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, All right. So obviously, is it right, Steve, to say, I feel like if you're going to bet the line or the total, I feel like that's something you either do right away when the number comes out, if you feel like you have the better of the number, or right at close after all the money's come in and you have all the information and you see where it ends up. It, de- it depends where you're at and the circumstances on, on the game. When it comes to the money line, I would say in general, you probably want to bet in most Super Bowls right before the game kicks off. Because what do we see? A lot of square recreational bettors, when they bet this game, they'll bet the underdog just on the money line. And it always results in a cheaper money line than what you would get on a comparable spread during the regular season. By example, the Rams are a four, even a four and a half point favorite right now. That means that on the money line, they should be north of minus 200. They should win this game yeah, two-thirds of the time plus. But I'd be shocked if you don't get like a minus 180 on the Rams. And so if you're going to bet this game on the Rams, I would recommend you wait and play money line Rams right before the game starts. You'll probably get your best price that way. So, by the way, it should be noted that Steve and I – We'll make our official bets on the game next week. Steve will also give you some props next week. My question, Steve, is um, the specialty props. Do we go over those next week typically or today? Is there is there a time sensitivity to some of these special specialty props of the anthem and those kind of things? Oh, there's time sensitivity, but they got to be up for us to bet them. So they're not up yet. So what's going to happen is right around Thursday and Friday, they're going to come up. And anyone who's uh, never been in Vegas during this, the Westgate puts up 300 props every Thursday night at 7 p.m. If you like the bar scene from Star Wars, where you'll never see a greater collection of dreamers, Strange people, scum, and villainy all together at once. Los Isley Space Station, no. The Westgate Thursday night, be there. You'll be entertained. Why? Tell me about it. it well, just... You, just, you, just, you have math geeks that are coming in, and you've got people that just like to be part of like the whole industry. Uh, a lot of the handicappers all collect together, and you'll see a guy literally wearing 
like like a fifteen dollar shirt that has like a hundred thousand of money in, in this fanny pack strapped around his thighs to fire in a props two thousand per game when uh, it looks like he he couldn't rub two nickels together. That is amazing. That's really funny. Um, all right, so those will come out later. What about some of the things I'm already seeing? Super Bowl MVP. Um, you can bet on specific players. Uh, by the way, one, two, three, four, five, six. Evan McPherson, seventh best odds to be Super Bowl MVP as a kicker. Then you can even bet Super Bowl MVP quarterback or any other position. Super Bowl MVP offensive player, defensive player, winning margin, which is an interesting bet. First touchdown score, I know, is a popular one. First score of the game. Are any of these ones that you ever get involved in or excite you at all, Steve? Very, very rarely. Let me ask you this, Ross. Why are all these long shot bets up at many sports books already? And none of these other specialty props are. Well, you know the answer, of course, because the books make so much money off these long shot props where people are betting things and they, the inherent household is so high. The best example I can give, one of my first prop bets I ever saw a guy lose on, it was a Denver Broncos San Francisco 49ers Super Bowl. The Niners scored to take the lead. A guy held up his ticket. There was first touchdown, Sammy Winder, five to one. And he says, I can't believe I blew 100 bucks on this guy and ripped it up. Think about that. What should Sammy Winder have been? Maybe 25 to 1, 5 to 1. Those uh, cockroach bookies just squeezing the customers. 5 to 1 on Sammy Winder? Yes, sir. Wow. Caesar's Palace. That's unbelievable. Um, Speaking, by the way, of unbelievable, how about, Steve, athletic greens? I started taking athletic greens because I was having some stomach issues and because I read about it and because Andrew Brandt told me on the Raw Sucker Football Podcast that it's amazing. So I wanted better gut health. I thought, okay, I can, t- I can drink my greens rather than having to eat more vegetables and don't have to take a multivitamin anymore because it takes the place of it. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. And then it's for less than $3 a day, so less than a coffee. It has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's lifestyle-friendly. To make it easy, Athletics Greens is going to give you athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash money again that is athleticgreens.com slash money to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance what other things should you need to tell us, Steve, this week as opposed to next week, if anything, about the Super Bowl? I think it's time to break out your Excel spreadsheet, your Google spreadsheet, and start entering as soon as numbers come up on all these players and all these props, what the opening numbers are. So you've got a good frame of reference. So you see Cooper Cup, 
He's like right around 104 and a half right now. Um, and Akers is, uh, I believe, right around 62 and a half. Write down every one of these guys as these numbers are coming up and then kind of track it as the week goes on to give you a good feel for, you know, where the money's been coming in and the like. And also, you know, when Cooper Cup closes 114, you know, don't go bet him over 114. Obviously, everyone is going to bet Cooper Cup or they're going to pass more than likely. The public is. So that would be like the slam dunk. Try to identify what is the public going to bet on? Doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong, but if the public's all going to dogpile onto a certain guy, bet him before the public bets him so you get the best number. Love it. Um, I also love questions from our listeners, and we're getting more and more, Steve, which is very exciting to the point where Brian, by the way, Ross at RossTucker.com, we guarantee Steve Reed responds to your question, by the way, if you take advantage of one of our sponsors like Masterworks, Athletic Greens, AutoZone, whatever. Let's hear the sound. Let's ask Steve a question. Ever wanted to ask a professional sports better a question? It's time to ask Steve. All right. This question, Steve, comes to us from Tim Christian. I watch your shows. I like that. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I watch your shows with Steve Fezzik every week while I'm working out at the gym, and they are both enjoyable and informative. For years, I have enjoyed decent success with time zone money line parlay bets. Time zone money line parlay bets. I know most experts advise that parlay bets are sucker bets, but I think the way I do it gives you a decent chance at winning. For example, I might parlay an afternoon game with an evening game, and if the first game is a winner, then I have options. I can take the points on the team I'm not betting on in the second game, hoping for a middle, or I can place a small money line bet on the team I'm not betting on to cover the cost of the wager. Or in rare cases, I can let it ride. I've been successful with this method. Have I been lucky, or is this an effective way to play? He gives an example of Casey in L.A. in a two-team money line parlay. If Casey wins, then I can either take San Francisco in the points in the second game for the amount of the first wager, or he can bet San Francisco on the money line to cover the cost of the wager. If he wants to be aggressive, he can let it ride and hope for both teams to win. Hope this makes sense. Looking forward to your feedback. Tim Christian. Oh, it makes complete sense. Don't do it. Um, And here's why. So you go ahead and make your first leg of your parlay money line. Parlay to the second leg, which will be later on. Let's say the second leg was uh, the Rams minus 170, by example. All right. The first leg wins. So now you got the second leg minus 170. And now you're advocating, oh, I can play back and lock in a profit by playing the Niners plus 150. But but time out. You're not locking in a profit. You're locking in a loss. You already laid minus 170. And now you're going to take plus 150. No. Given you are going to just hedge back a part of your wager, well, on your first wager, just bet that the big money line and be done with it. Why be in a position where now I got to screw around and take what the money I would have won, give some of it back to the house by scalping myself on the money line. So 
in general, it is rarely right to parlay big money lines. It's an epidemic. A lot of people in my industry, they're all going to get angry at me. It sells well to say, oh, my, my, my money line parlay of the week. No pro makes their money betting that. Now, there are pros who lay minus 350. They'll lay minus 800 on things, but they just don't parlay them to something else. Value is value. The parlay only makes sense if there's a correlation, which there rarely is. And that is why he is Steve Fezzik. Unbelievable. Fez, you are amazing. There's a lot more questions that we'll get to, especially in the offseason. This is like, I mean, this guy is a treasure trove of information, and you guys have the ability to go ahead and ask him a question. Email me, Ross, at RossTucker.com. Put in the subject line, even money or for Steve or whatever you want to do. Uh, we will have our Super Bowl special next week. Really looking forward to it. Then we'll do a little recap after the year. We'll start to get into future stuff, the NFL draft. I love when we have guests on and they kind of go over their betting strategy. Sometimes Steve even nicely eviscerates the guests, which is always entertaining for me because I really don't care. He is at Fezzik Sports on social media. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. Love more and more people are watching youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. You got something, Steve? Don't get Munson on the Super Bowl. Don't bet 10 times what you normally bet on the side just because it's the big game. No Munson. Love, Steve. You see that? That was bringing back the very start of the show when we were talking about Kingpin. By the way, that woman is a bold-faced liar. I... I'm not going to say the rest of that line, but it's one of my favorite lines in movie history. Other than that, good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money on whatever you... Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109-WITH-IT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, it doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 